Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Tank. I'm your host, Trevor, and I believe I'm close to 300 hours on F1 Manager 22. <laughs> let's, just, let's just see what Steam says. I'm only at 280. I'm working on it. Oh, slacking. My, my, name, my name's Jay, and I think my uh, proudest achievement of 2022 so far might be gifting Trevor the game. <laughs> The finally unseated World of Tanks. Yeah, I haven't played World of Tanks in um, approximately 24 days. Man, you've done a great service to the world, Jay. <laughs> uh, I'm Josh, and I am still trying to get a solar collector built on my moon base in Terra Invicta. But I don't know that I will approach the 300 hours that Trevor has achieved. Because I am distractible. <laughs> I should. I want to play Terra Invicta, but but Williams is currently dominating everything, so I gotta keep going. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't stress. Terra Invicta will be there for you someday. Well, it it'll it'll be there when it's actually released as well, right? <laughs> That's, true. That's true. Yeah. Has have they had any patches since you started playing it? If they have, I haven't been aware of them. Right. Oh, okay. I, I kind of have I, I played it like once this week for just a brief maybe hour was all. And and it had probably been a week and a half since I had played it. So and and unfortunately, it doesn't work on the Steam Deck because I, I would be playing it more if it worked on the Steam Deck. I did. Speaking of how distractible I am, I I've purchased a, a few additional games in recent weeks because frankly i'm steamed target audience with their stupid sales and crap right but <laughs> i um i tried to play one of them on the steam deck and, uh, and i'm like oh no this this one is definitely not uh, available it's a game ah. called the wandering village where it's basically like a it's a city builder but you're little you're in like this kind of post-apocalyptic world where you're building a city on the back of this kind of giant it almost looks like a dinosaur you know like a it looks like a brontosaurus but without a long neck and anyway i started trying to play it on the deck and i'm like oh nope they definitely want you to have a keyboard and a mouse and like the ability to zoom so it was a it was an awakening for me <laughs> um as far as news with um discount games inc uh i'm trying to think of what cool new things are are out but there's there has been a a new box set for Kill Team. There's a new core box for Warhammer, Warhammer Underworlds that's releasing or pre-selling this week. Um, so you can check those out. And as I mentioned last week, the uh, the Sentinels have released for 
uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol, which is awesome. So our topic for this week, we are going to grade She-Hulk. Um, we have we have each watched She-Hulk. Um, I prefer to say that we've experienced She-Hulk. Experienced She-Hulk, okay. <laughs> I, no, I don't think I don't think you want to uh, say it that way, Josh. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I I will say I did see I, I did see a, a, a I, I guess this should go without saying, but um, yeah, spoiler be, alert, a spoiler filled discussion. Turn off the the podcast if um, if that's going to bug you. Um, but one of the tweets I saw online was that, <coughs> excuse me, someone saying that they wanted to cosplay as Daredevil at an upcoming convention just so they could have his <laughs> the walk thrown over his shoulder and doing the walk of shame throughout the <laughs> convention hall. <laughs> Amazing. That's what I love about the cosplaying community of the world. Just those uh, kind of shenanigans. What? Uh, so, what was your guys' reactions to to She-Hulk? Uh, overwhelmingly positive through the final episode, and then uh, did you conf- did you not like conf- the final episode? Confused positivity. I guess. No, I think I did like it, but that's my problem is I think I did like it. <laughs> I just can't decide. Uh, but yes, I I clearly failed the internet in my response to She-Hulk. I'm, I'm actually, I'm a little perplexed and a little surprised by the amount of vitriol I've seen. And maybe it's just the groups that, that I frequent, but a lot of it is, it's odd to me. Because I found it interesting, funny, um, different, which has been difficult for the MCU to do. Um, I was, I will admit that when I very first saw the last episode, I was, I don't know what the word is. Perplexed is probably the best word for it. But the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know what? That's actually not uncommon for comic book writers to write something just like that into a comic book and the more i thought about it the more i liked it so Mm -hmm. especially with characters like she hulk and um deadpool who love to break the third wall or fourth wall they they you know those sorts of ideas or concepts are not um unheard of with those characters i'm sort of curious as what i think i'm the only host who has not seen any of the deadpool films right um how how comparable is the fourth wall breaking in in deadpool uh to what we get in she-hulk does that question make sense yeah very very similar because i you know i just i do think it's well done it's kind of fun i do think that it can be overused but i don't think it was in in this series right so Mm -hmm. but but i wondered I, i guess part of why i'm asking is like is some of the vitriol that's out there, Trevor? Like, are people like, oh, we already we already saw this in Deadpool? No, no. Okay, it's not. That, that. is not. The, that is not the vitriol at all. So, is most of the vitriol like, what you see example, just basically the episode where she discovers the? I can't remember what the group is called. The the, the intelligentsia. I mean, is is the internet just basically intelligentsia? I don't know. 
here's here's an example of a complaint that I heard um, about um, about She-Hulk, and so um, it said that he said that he was really super at the She-Hulk show because it minimized all of the struggles and and plot stuff that that Hulk had because Hulk's whole thing was like I can't control my anger. And she was like, oh, well, I have to do that. That's just my default, basically. I've been trained to do that that my entire life. This is not an issue. And so that means that that everything about Hulk is minimized. (laughs) And, like, that seems silly to me, but... So their concern is that a comic book character has a backstory that is different than one of the other comic book characters. Is, am I understanding that correct? <laughs> or they're concerned that, like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. The, the, uh, the, they're invalidating Bruce Banner's struggle. Bruce and, Banner's struggles, yes. 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 So, sorry, I'm going to, can I just back up two seconds and say this again? So, if I struggled with getting something in life and somebody else didn't all of a sudden my struggles are no longer struggles. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm like this, the weirdest crap comes out of the mouth of the internet. Sometimes I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you guys are thinking. I don't understand it, but like not everybody well, has the same path to achievement. I mean, yeah. that's, that's pretty clear. I will say like, I'm sort of glad that I, I, I was very, very peripherally aware that there was vitriol out there about the show because i just like i just watched it and and enjoyed it like it's 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 a weird flex i'll 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 say that a lot of my uh um i guess experience with it has been pretty peripheral as well uh thankfully so here i'll be honest the reason he doesn't listen to the podcast anymore so he won't even know i'm talking about him but james patrick parks loves to basically fight these trolls on all the different Marvel pages ever on Facebook. And I'm not a fan of these. I don't like these Marvel pages. I don't follow them. But I see his comments in reply. to. So that's where I'm getting the vitriol. Okay. That's where, I, that's where I'm seeing it is, is somebody who's a friend of mine on Facebook loves to basically counter troll. And so I get to see all of it. And it just it sure. blows me away the sheer amount of of vitriol I see on these posts that is, I mean, much like what we're talking about here, nonsensical in some ways. I get it. If you don't like the show, you don't have to like it. That's fine. I enjoyed it. It was fun. I think that, that along the lines of Deadpool, that, that Josh's question was very relevant. Does it do it too much? No. Does Deadpool do it too much? Just to answer Josh's question. No, it doesn't. Um, I think it does it just the right amount. I mean, some of his fourth wall breaking is not even to the audience. He, he'll like an, an example, and I don't. Re- I'm I'm sorry, I'm not equipped to you know defend my point very well here, but I can't remember if it's in the first movie or the second movie. But he he basically makes Disney jokes that really don't you know apply to the world of Marvel or to the world of Deadpool, but that apply to our world. And he won't necessarily turn to the audience and say those things. He'll just say them to to everyone else. And basically everyone else looks at him like he's crazy because they don't get the reference, but the audience does. So uh, anyway, I just, I thought that it was the right amount 
you know, it only does it generally once or twice an episode. Clearly, the last episode is the outlier where it really breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah. But the vast smashes it. Yeah, but the 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 remainder of the series is very similar to the way Deadpool is, and it's funny because I have to I have to attribute it to misogyny honestly because Deadpool does it, nobody bats an eyelash, everyone thinks it's great. She-Hulk does it, and all of a sudden, everyone's upset about it. You sound like... I don't know why. I can only hear you say that in the voice of Heath Ledger's Joker. (laughs) (laughs) People start losing their minds. I mean, they are. It's stupid. (laughs) This is... They've... You know, these same people who are complaining about this are the same people who love Deadpool. Right, right. And there are... I, I mean... Obviously, I do not know uh, every person who's done a complaint about <laughs> uh, She-Hulk or what's in their heart or you know whatever. But <laughs> on the on the face of it, what's in it their does, heart? Oh, geez. It does generally seem like uh, it's just like wild misogyny going on everywhere and and the show is like making fun of all the misogyny as well and and i mean i've got to believe i've got to believe that that that's it it's hitting too close to home for those people and that's why they're hating it yeah yeah but i i don't know (laughs) i i thought it was i i admit that if it were not a superhero show that it would not be up my alley but it is a superhero show it is based in a universe that I do care about and enjoy. So I'm willing to overlook some of the plot lines that I didn't care about because, and let me also say that even if I didn't care about those plot lines, they were all well done. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys, I I kept thinking about this as I was watching She-Hulk and in some ways it almost made me feel bad because I'm like, I'm clearly conditioned to like, um, marvel stuff right but there was a i'm trying to find it i thought it was no that's not what it was called there was a series that they that i think abc tried a couple years ago that was basically a it was a comedy look at a superhero world right but it wasn't a branded superhero world and like um gosh dang it now i gotta find it uh wash from firefly was in it and it, it was like it was almost like the office meets a superhero world right they they were a company that like processed insurance claims after superhero supervillain battles and stuff right and i don't uh, i don't remember this at all i oh geez so now is this one of those those one of those uh uh, instances where i'm i'm remembering effect yeah yeah i'm remembering something that never actually existed uh i don't know i mean i don't really pay attention to to you know okay okay it was called powerless i found it it was a it was aired by nbc and i think it only survived one season yeah alan tudyk was in it ron funches was in it um yeah nothing you guys really never see no apparently it's set in the dc universe i did not realize that so i was wrong about it not being a branded universe that's So yeah, so the, it's uh, the director of, re- of research and development at Wayne Security, which is a subsidiary of Wayne Enterprise that specializes in products for ordinary humans 
who might be victims of the battles between superheroes and supervillains. Anyway, it was stupid. It it deserves to die. <laughs> but I was just thinking about its attempt versus She-Hulk, you know, and and it just felt like She-Hulk hit better with its, you know, comedy you saying, charm and. Are you saying insurance versus lawyer? No, I don't know if that's what made the difference. I guess what I'm saying is maybe I am just a complete. Well, uh, I, I I meant that they're for Marvel. They're they're still a similar idea where instead of being a superhero show about superheroes, they're a superhero show about things going on tangentially to superheroes. Yeah, and that is what it was. I mean, that's what Powerless was. Yeah, I've never heard of that show. Uh, but anyway, I think that the She-Hulk, my, my my wife and daughter loved it even more than I did. So I think that the new wave of television Ten. television shows okay. in, in MCU phase four have really stepped up the um the range of people that they're trying to appeal to mm-hmm. okay uh, so I, I gotta ask you a question about that go ahead especially where it feels like this show feels more like uh, th- more geared towards a general audience meaning not just nerds and i think mm-hmm. maybe that's why nerds don't like it is because it's it is directed towards the average sitcom viewer more than it is the average nerd viewer. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I just, I realize that it's, it has a different tone. Okay. So I have, I have a quick question about that. Like, did you, my, my, the the first question is for you, Trevor, did your boys watch it with you and your wife and daughter? No, my boys are like all young boys. They're misogynists. Well, they well, don't. I mean, I'm serious. They part don't. of why I'm asking that, though, is I'm like, I get to a few of these episodes and I'm like, oh, I, I don't think I would want to watch this with my whole clan the way that I did, say, Mandalorian or say freaking WandaVision even. Right. Like um, and it, it's just that some of the humor was a little more not super adult, but adult enough. You know what I mean? I mean, like sure. the walk of shame, for example, and like. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I believe that my daughter, who has not watched this with me, but I probably will watch it with her some to- point in time, I believe that she would uh, say that Jen was, quote unquote, in ho phase uh, <laughs> for much of the series, right? We're like, so old. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm I'm honest. My boys had no interest in this. They don't when they play Lego Marvel superheroes on the Xbox. They don't play the female characters. They don't they they don't like playing the female characters when they play um, video games. I'm trying to think of the one that that Overwatch is an example. They're the little boys are misogynist. It's just the way they are. They they don't want to they don't want cooties. They don't want to be around girls. They, they if I ask them about pretty girls, they 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 don't want to hear it or talk about it. And <laughs> and I, you know, I've done everything I can to try to, to deter, d- discourage this behavior. And I don't know where it comes from. I'm certainly some of it comes from school. I honestly think some of it is just ingrained with the way boys grow up. But I think that, you know, in time we all mature and we change. And maybe the problem is some of those people out there, some of the men out there never mature, never change. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, okay. I, I have I'm to do bringing a, the hot takes right here, but that's how I feel. About it. I, I, I really have to. Uh, I, I really have. To, this is like 
way off topic, but it's way too much of a, a perfect segue to to not talk about this. That I it, it feels like like such a a joke to me that I used to believe this, but or had such hope in this. So um, I've I've said before that I I did two sets of of counseling that were intended to turn me straight, and the the entire framework or theory behind this counseling is that males start out, we all start out gay, and we think that uh, girls have cooties, and then as you grow up emotionally, you it shifts and you become uh, heterosexual and you become interested in girls, etc. And so my issue was that I did not grow up emotionally uh and have that switch in attractions <laughs> and and uh, so if i managed to do this counseling and grow up emotionally then my attractions would naturally shift and it i just brought it up because there were so many things that trevor were saying that were <laughs> like kind of similar to what was like the whole framework of this uh this counseling uh, okay maybe but i i don't agree with the general premise that the that the boys are attracted to men at young I, ages because they're not i mean you give them a set of boobs and they're just like any other boys but that doesn't change their concept of well, i don't want to play with uh, having those boobs <laughs> so they don't want their character on the screen to have those boobs they just want to look at them from a distance anyway <laughs> it's it is strange to me but the i guess the answer to your question josh is that yes maybe in hindsight i probably if had they partaken I probably would have been a little embarrassed and probably maybe had some, I'm maybe there would have been some pointed questions or awkward silences. It wasn't bad, but there were some times where I was kind of glad that they didn't participate. Certainly my oldest boy has no interest in any of that stuff. He, he gets forced to go to Marvel movies and he goes and enjoys them. Um, and the characters he likes, which are basically Spider-Man and Captain America, um, those are the only ones that he really cares about. Beyond that, he doesn't really have any interest. He knows all of them, uh, especially because of uh, Lego Marvel superheroes. He played hours and hours and hours of that. Um, the youngest boy has much more interest, but he I'm trying to think the last, what was the show before um, She-Hulk Marvel show? Moon Knight, maybe. Okay. So he did watch Moon Knight. Okay. At least, at least some of the episodes. But then what was the episode one before that? He hasn't watched all of them. It's been more kind of based on his level of interest on the character. Oh, sure. Yeah. On the on the comic book character or whatever. Like Loki, right. maybe he didn't Ms. Marvel. wasn't interested in. Yeah. yeah oh, Ms. Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel. He had no interest in Ms. Marvel. Again, his inborn. He's probably a, a lady hater. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sounds like it. Yep. <laughs> well, so I was just looking up the content rating and cuz I just hadn't paid attention to it, which is kind of my fault that I really hadn't been paying attention to it with any of the Disney Plus Marvel right, yeah. uh shows, right? But like it is TV14, which is appropriate. Mm -hmm. Like cuz WandaVision was uh whatever the next one down is, TVPG or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um you know, which is interesting cuz WandaVision dealt with some really hard themes but like yeah well i guess wanda just wasn't as loose as jen that's all <laughs> that's all 
Uh, all right. Well, I'm ready to hear before we grade. I want to hear some like favorite episodes or favorite moments from you guys. I, before we do, I I wanted to I guess talk a little bit about a. I I don't think this is the case for us, but um, I think it's an interesting sentiment to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was I was doing a drive with Brian yesterday, and he he was like, you know, I'm I just I'm really having a hard time being into the MCU. He hasn't he hasn't watched uh, She-Hulk yet. He he doesn't do weekly releases. Mm-hmm. Um, and and part of it is that he of the current characters, there aren't really any that he feels a strong emotional connection to. Okay. Yeah. Um, especially compared to like he he had a he had a pretty strong emotional connection to. Iron Man and and Phase Four has kind of been all over the place. Because he basically and, is Iron Man, but yes, go yeah, on. That's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and Phase Four is all over the place, and they're you know they're introducing ones like Shang Chi and etc. And he's like, you know, I I enjoy I enjoyed Shang Chi, but you know I I don't necessarily um, really feel a strong connection to to anyone. And so he he just hasn't really been that excited about the MCU and and I guess I'm I'm I know that there's been a lot of people who have had burnout on the MCU. Um, I do think it's good that they're telling stories in new ways and new types of characters, and I'm hopeful that that will bring new people into the audience. But um, I guess what is what are, what were your guys' thoughts on that topic? Have you guys had people in your lives who have said things like that so not directly in my life my wife and daughter love all things fantasy of any kind Mm -hmm. so they're always up for a new story but i can see how the general public would feel about the mcu in general because you know i don't care who you were you probably had at least a sort of a general idea who captain america was or who iron man was We're, we're getting to the point now where you know, the average guy off the street leapfrog has never ever heard of any of these characters. It's not just, oh yeah, I heard about that character once. It's literally this is the first time I've ever been exposed to this character whatsoever in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And so you know nothing about them and it's taking some time to sort of become invested. And and I feel like it's a little bit overdue. I know we'll get some later, but it feels overdue for an ensemble movie or an ensemble, right? Whatever it is, I, I you know I need to see these characters interacting, um, and we haven't got that yet, and I think we will. Um, but it's been there was a lot of ensemble that happened in, especially in phase two and three, and we've we kind of reset, and I think it's been hard for a lot of people to feel interest. Yeah, I would agree that. It feels like um, it, it would be really nice to have an ensemble show at this point. And I'm so, not even really sure what it would be or how they would do it. But Right. Well, yeah, so my answer to your question, Jay, is um, I haven't had I haven't had my, my family say that, but their actions are communicating it. Right. right. Like yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. Nobody's coming to me and saying like. Hey dad, what's watch. the latest Disney Plus show? Like, you know, um right. and and I think part of it is just getting overwhelmed. It, part of it to me, so I am I'm a failed comic book collector. That's what I would call myself, right? 
And okay. part of why I am is I think what you're going to see from a lot of people in the world in response to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the shows, right? Like part of why I am a failed comic book collector is I became overwhelmed. I felt overwhelmed mm-hmm. with what I would need to purchase or what I would need to do to capture every storyline, even of a character that I loved greatly, right? The closest I got to being like a steady comic book collector was ultimate spider-man when i was a very young married guy i was buying that every i don't remember if it was every month or every two weeks that it came out and um i just i just got to the point where i just couldn't keep up and i mean i think i maintained it for a couple couple three years i think i have about 60 issues of it kicking around my house somewhere right and my kids have occasionally picked it up and and read through it right but it it just it's it's exhausting like slash overwhelming do you know what i mean so yeah i would say that for me historically when i was younger i was more likely to pick up a graphic novel a compilation of a story than to buy individual comics because of what you're talking about there was just so much there was too much crossover too much and especially when we started looking at comics you know late 80s early 90s it felt like everything was crossing over everything was trying to do multiple storylines and it was just right it, it was exhausting and so is it not still that way i mean i i, I have I just no assume idea. it's still that way you know what i mean and like the closest i get to it is every once in a while i'll dip back in and i'll re-up my subscription to marvel unlimited and pick a random character and start reading and then be like oh my gosh i would have to read like you know 30 encyclopedias worth of of spinoffs and attached stories. And, and so then I just get exhausted and I end my subscription and uninstall it. So I just have to imagine that's how people are probably starting to feel about the MCU and the series and everything, you know? So I'm still the same way. I still buy by storyline. The only comic book series I have read from start to finish is invincible. And I've read it multiple times, but like that's much more encapsulated, much easier to digest than trying to catch up on say Deadpool as an example. And I own all the, I don't know all of them, but 99% of all the Deadpool comics, but I haven't read them all. I've read certain, certain storylines or certain plot lines. I, I certainly loved the buddy cop Deadpool cable series of comics. Um, that was great. I enjoyed those quite a bit, but I haven't read all the Deadpool comics and, I've read a lot of X-Men, but the vast majority of X-Men I read were all, again, encapsulated stories. I, you know, well, one thing I will say about the She-Hulk, the She-Hulk series is I felt like it did a good job of being encapsulated. Yeah. Right? And and so maybe that would assuage somebody's concerns. Because I can just see somebody saying, like, oh, my gosh, like, if I watch the She-Hulk, do I also need to watch, you know, mm-hmm. this Marvel and Loki? And do I need to go watch three movies to, like, understand some of the stuff they're talking about? Like, Yeah, I could understand that. So that's my answer to that question, Jay. Okay. <laughs> um, we should we should probably start grading. Oh, is it? Yeah, I guess at the pace we're moving here. All right. <laughs> I, we've got 15 minutes left. All right, fine. <laughs> Speed so, grading. Let us start with design then. Um, so I do remember one of the early complaints that I read with some, you know, of the vitriol from the internet or whatever is that they didn't like the CGI of She-Hulk. It is pretty bad. Okay, so, and and I never did feel the like CGI. The CGI in the show in general is not great. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's not great. 
All right. Well, and of course, it's amazing how in the final episode, they sort of like, it's almost like they refer to that and they'd be like, well, can you be off screen to change so that we don't have to? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that was I mean, pretty funny. And to be fair, I think, you know, I, I am not a CGI guy at all. I'm just my just art level. My art level is is much lower than the guys that are you know working on this, but the human anatomy and making somebody look natural mm-hmm. has got to be one of the most difficult tasks of all time. Well, the one thing I will say to that that's just weird to me is it's like they they've done the Hulk CGI like so it seems bizarre to me that the She Hulk would be that much more difficult or you know different or whatever, but maybe it's harder because they actually had to have her in clothes instead of having every article bust off of her or whatever so i think you maybe have selective memory you should go back and rewatch some of the older hulk cg okay okay i'm sorry i i guess i am talking only about the mark ruffalo hulk you're right you're right even hulk. even even early mark ruffalo really hulk. was was yes. rough one okay. of the things one of the things that they have the benefit of is years of working on the same model that they just don't have here Right, right, yeah. So, anyway, so I I ding them there. I give them a lot of points for the plots. Um, I mean, I I don't know if my favorite episode is just Jen or Ribbit and Ribbit, <laughs> but but it's probably Ribbit and Ribbit because anything that that brings Charlie Cox back as Daredevil like is the greatest thing to happen in my opinion. So that's probably my favorite. But the the freaking wedding episode. It caught me completely off guard. I was laughing my guts out by the time it was over. It, it was just so stupid. And like some of the stuff they did with like you know the the title card being literally just Jen instead. I mean it's just like stupid stuff like that. It's a little dad jokey, right? So I might. Uh, it, the reason why the show gets a high grade for me on design is if I compare it to the uh, other. Two more recent um, uh, releases of, of Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel. I liked both of those shows, but with like Ms. Marvel, it felt like the pilot was the best episode, and then it got worse from there. And Moon Knight, I felt, also had some issues. And it felt to me like this was like on a different level compared to those two shows. That the entire season was well done. Uh, funny and it like completely delivered for me yeah and like some of the cases that they cut co- that they covered and stuff like mm-hmm. the the freaking mr immortal episode oh my gosh like, it was so stupid <laughs> um <laughs> anyways like the the abomination plot line and like the, oh my gosh yes <laughs> abomist day <laughs> the retreat etc yeah, I I actually the retreat is probably my favorite episode. Yeah, yeah. I with the, with the, porcupine and the the matador and the bull. I just I loved it so much. The the, the funny bull, thing is, is yeah yeah man bull. The 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 funny thing is is like these sorts of things are were fairly common traditionally in in comics and like when they approach these humorous topics, it feels like it feels like the general public is like, oh, we can't have humor in our comics. <laughs> I'm like, are we talking about the same genre here? Yeah, you're right, and th- and that's part of what they did a great job. All right, I'm I've decided on my number. You've talked me up, Jay. Yes, uh, I, I'm going to an eight. I'm going to go to an eight. 
my only also, dings my only dings are the CGI, honestly. Yeah, I I'm gonna also grade it an eight, and I'm going to ding it a little bit for the CGI. I'm, you know, the more I think about it, the more I sort of dislike the way the whole thing resolves. I don't mind the fourth wall breaking, but the like the confusing how does it actually end because we're just changing the plot on the fly here at the end. I did not care for that. That's so. Fair. I, but I will say that I did. I I totally agree with Jay in that. Um, Ms. Marvel sort of had this great first episode and there were aspects of it that you were hoping they would carry throughout the whole series and they did not. Whereas here, those aspects seem to carry through the whole series. And I just, right. I thought it was really well done. All right, um, it's, Jay, it's, your it's going to get a nine for me. Man, uh, you're such a fan, boy. <laughs> that's, that's correct. It was, it was amazing. Um, and really, someone could have talked me up to a 10. <laughs> amazing okay time management uh i give super high marks on this like they kept you know they kept it like sitcom length and they yeah, really if it if it got a bad score on this it was it would be because they were a little bit too short right we, right because you are used to a little more right we're used to like the 40 minute episodes and these were in general around 2022 mm-hmm. um but it does it did definitely follow the um, the mandate of leave them wanting more. So yes, yeah, I guess that's good. That's true. Good point. So yeah, I I give I'll give it a nine on time management. Honestly, um, I'm gonna give it good high marks here as well because it's not a six episode series, which drive me drove me nuts about mm. some of the previous mm, ones we've had. Oh, good, good call. And, in fact, when I believe it was when episode five ended, my daughter said, "Does it only have one more episode? How are they gonna? You know, she's like, how are they gonna resolve all this?" And I'm like, no, I think it's got more than that. And she was shocked and surprised um, that, that, you know, that it wasn't going to. And then the same thing happened near on eight. She thought the ending of eight was like the end of the season. I'm like, no, no, there's another episode. So it did a really good job of basically not ending too soon, doing the right length of each episode. It, it was really well done. I don't know what the number is. I'm going to go with nine, I guess. OK, that I reminds me, I forgot really to praise on the design, the opening of the episode nine with savage she hulk with the callbacks to the original <laughs> television series yeah I holy had to go cow to, that was amazing i had to go to youtube and show because my wife was too young and mm-hmm. my daughter is definitely way too young to have ever seen the original hulk tv yeah series. and i have fond memories of that tv series right right up with like a team and airwolf man yeah i watched a ton of it and i mean we were even when we were young, it was still getting reruns quite a while. Um, you know, my my wife is an example. She was born in 1980, so it was still on. But by the time she got old enough to remember, you know, got to the six seven range, it was gone, and and so she had no memory of it at all. So I had to, I had to pull up the YouTube intro and show them, you know, so they could. And then once they saw that, and then rewatched the intro to episode nine, they just they loved they it. loved it even more, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jay, give it your time management score, even though we know you were left wanting more. Um, I'll, I'll go with a nine as well. Okay. Uh, repeatability. Uh, high marks for me on this one also. I'm I'm looking forward to watching it again with both my daughter, who is out of country right now, and both my 15-year-old when she gets her freaking grades out of the toilet. Uh, so <laughs> I give it a seven for repeatability, which is basically a 10 for me, you know. We'll watch this again, almost certainly, especially uh, when season two comes around, which has, I'm pretty sure has been announced, or when she shows up in whatever ensemble movie that I'm praying we get. 
Well, the funny thing is, is you can almost um, you, you can almost just rewatch a single episodes of it because mm-hmm. they are all attached, right? But in some in some ways they, um, you know, in some ways they just kind of stand on their own really well. Yeah, it is one of those little more old school style shows in that yes there's an overarching plot which is not old school but it's one of those where if there was a rerun on usa late at night you could sit down and watch an episode and yeah and totally totally enjoy it true that's totally true uh what's your number jay on repeat um oh i i have to see if i can get nines across the board (laughs) (laughs) all right uh fun definitely my highest score i i give it a nine like and mainly it's because of Daredevil. <laughs> but also the plot where she's having to defend her own trademark. There's so much stupid good stuff in this show. <laughs> Sorry, did you say this one was fun? Yeah, this is fun. Trevor, what I do mean, you got? Okay, oh, my, my streak of nines is broken. Oh, I mean, for real? This oh, is, you're such a fanboy. <laughs> this is a 10. I mean, if there's any... <laughs> If there's any word that can be used to describe this show, it's fun. And it is, you know, it, I, I, I feel like it, um, obviously it doesn't take itself too seriously, but you can, I, I am interested in doing a binge of the show. Um, but it, it's just, it's just a super fun series. I don't know what else to say. I don't think you need to say anything else, Jay. Well, well said. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, um, Trevor, what was your number? Sorry. So I, the fourth wall breaking, the jokes, the the stuff that Josh has already talked about, that's all straight up my alley. I love it. I, um, as a kid, one of my favorite comics was called Gru the Wanderer. I don't know if you've ever heard of this comic, but it's totally just, it's all about, you know, the humor. I've always been kind of a bigger fan of the humorous comics to the non-humorous ones, which is why I've always appreciated Invincible because it has some really, really great tongue-in-cheek humor and it really makes fun of the comic book industry. That was really kind of its main focus, especially mm-hmm. especially early on. I mean, uh, I so that's always been my style um, and this plays to that strongly. So it's tons of fun. Love it. Uh, so overall... Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go back to Jay's nines for my overall. And again, my uh, I, I'm I'm dinging it just a little bit for the CGI still, and also because I'm not sure I can watch it with as many people as I would like to watch it with. Mm-hmm. Sure. So for me, this is not as good as Loki still, but I think that it's probably better than Wandavision. Jeez, uh, I'm gonna respectfully disagree there, but okay. I. I definitely liked it. I enjoyed it more than one division. Although I need to go um, back and rewatch one division. I'll, I'll give the, the overall a nine. Um, it does feel like there is a S tier of Disney MCU stuff with Loki, one division and she Hulk. Um, I'm not sure where, how I would sort those three, but in my opinion, they've been the, the three best shows so far. Although at this point, Loki is starting to get dinged for, um, for what, Not taking happy. too long to get its next season? No, for like it has the big reveal of the villain at the end, and then oh, there's been like and then nothing. radio radio silence, the radio silence, yeah, multi-dimensional radio silence. Yeah, I that again. Where's my ensemble cast movie? But deals with King. Loki. Second season of Loki is going to get um, a uh, 
bonus points from me from them adding short round to the uh, cast. So. Oh, I didn't know they did that. Who's he? They did. Do you know who he's playing? I'm pretty sure he's another person in the TVA. Oh. So. Um, are we on audience, Josh? Yes. <sighs> I don't know the answer to this question. I, I, I'm, I'm going to ask my hosts to answer this first. <laughs> That's fine. I will, I will take it. Um, so I think that the TV 14 is appropriate here. A lot of times the TV, the, the problem with these categories is they're so generalized. Yeah, there's a lot of wiggle room. There's right? a lot yeah. of lot of wiggle room, and and it makes it hard. But I'm going to agree with the TV 14 here. I think that it's probably closer to 13, 14 than than 10 or 11. Which I my 10 or 11 year old, I've taken him to basically every movie in the MCU, and anytime he's asked to watch a TV show with us, I've allowed it. Um, so there's been a couple of of movies, and we've talked about them on this show, and there's been and this show have been kind of the closest to breaking that rule for me so but the truth is is that th- that this one is a more like there's certain topics or scenes that are more adult and then the rest of the time it's fine yeah yeah so whereas one like multiverse of madness for example felt like it was kind of pushing the border mm, through it, a lot of it it has jokes about sex instead of violence so yeah that's <laughs> going to it's <laughs> quick out <laughs> i mean <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> um, and what's the what's go or no go? I mean, it's a, it's yeah, obviously all, a, a complete go for all of us. Like, yeah. the internet be be danged. Indeed. <laughs> well, I was that dang they, yeah, that dang internet. I mean, the truth is, is, I think most of the critics liked it, and I think the general populace liked it. I think just the the smaller nerd groups that maybe we frequent. Um, there was some squeaky wheels there. Some consternation. So, yeah, yeah, and I so okay. I think I mean it's already been announced for a second season, so it's not like Oh, I just, didn't realize that. Okay, cool. Um, am I wrong? I'm pretty sure. I have no idea. I I thought I saw that it was announced for a second season, which means that certainly Disney was happy with the reaction. So I'm sure they don't go into the trolls sections of the internet to see how their shows are doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably true. All right, well, let us know all the things that you uh, loved or hated about She-Hulk. Uh, 